Welcome to Hashtags and Stilettos with Sakita Holly, the podcast that's like having your own personal publicist in your pocket, sharing business, lifestyle, and PR tips on demand. On this episode, I'll be sharing some networking tips for boss introverts, but even if you're an extrovert or if you don't know what you are, these tips will be relevant to anyone looking for a way to expand their network. But first, a quick update to let you know that this podcast is now on social media. You can follow at hashtags and stilettos on Instagram. We'll be going live with our Facebook and Twitter pages soon, but for now, Instagram is where you can go to get visual podcast updates and other related lifestyle content. I will also be sharing info regarding how you can get featured on this show, the website, and our social media pages soon. But I need to hear from you, whether you're an intern, a mid-level executive, a serial entrepreneur, or if you're still trying to figure it all out, let's figure it out together. To be considered, email a link to your LinkedIn page or a short bio and your social media handles to hashtags at hos-pr.com. Use hashtags and stilettos in the subject line. Let's get into it. Like, it wasn't until recently that I realized that I might be an introvert. And I think it surprised people to like hear me say that, like once I've came, I came to terms with it, especially being in a field like PR, which is very social by nature. And for the longest time, like I would call it other names like, oh, guess I'm a homebody now, like stuff like that. And a lot of people, you know, associate being an introvert with being shy, which I can be an M in certain situations, which is another fact that surprises people about me. But yes, the kid is shy. Uh, Susan Kane, an introversion expert, defines introverts and introversion as a preference for quiet, minimally stimulating environments. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't enjoy being in group settings or large social settings. It just basically means that we have our limits. Like, I can definitely be the life of the party, but at a certain point, the party ends for me in my head. (laughs) And I'll be ready to check out, like, well... That was nice. That was cute. Get me out of here. Like that threshold is is different for me in different situations. And it's definitely going to be different for you. But it's important to recognize what your triggers are in these types of events so that you can overcome them in order to reach your goals. Going back to Kane's definition of introverts having a preference required environments, right? That is so me. Because you know how some people can't stand to be alone? I don't mind solitude. Like, in fact, I have this saying from my grandmother about guarding your energy. And that's what my alone time is. It gives me a moment to recharge, reflect, reassess and all that. Like, I've gotten really good at recognizing when I need to disengage. Like, I know when it's time for me to exit an event, a conversation, get off social media, whatever. So I'll just remove myself. Like this doesn't and this doesn't always come across well to other people because I think they take it personally, which leads to all kinds of mischaracterizations 
about introverts uh, that you've probably heard before, like, oh, she or he is like antisocial, mysterious, uninterested in, you know, what we've got going on, etc. And I think that, you know, I've gotten so used to knowing when to disengage that sometimes I guess I just don't engage at all. And I would say that has been my biggest mistake or rather missed opportunity when it comes to networking, right? So you guys know that I've been a full-time entrepreneur for five years. And for most of that time, I would say, and this is terrible, this is bad. I would say I have turned down a good... 95% of the event invitations that I get. And obviously, as a result, I'm sure there are people who have stopped inviting me to stuff altogether. But it's, it's so crazy to, as I'm talking through this with you, it's so crazy to like work in PR and to just shun like the scene, like if you, if you will, but like I've done it. <laughs> and I want to be clear that like, this is not one of those things where it's like I'm above that, I'm above the scene because that's not how I feel. I've just never needed like to be at every event. I've never had a desire to like be in the mix and be on the red carpet and to be seen and to be the one taking the selfies with the celebrities and you know, and and that is not, you know, it it's cool for who I am, but it, it is a missed opportunity because it for sure has caused me to miss opportunities to expand both my network and get access to potential clients and business opportunities. Like, luckily, I've been able to use like social media and the platforms that I've created, like hashtagsandstilettos.com and, you know, when I was writing for other publications and even this podcast um, and my existing network to generate opportunities and keep my business, you know, open and afloat. But I know for sure that not being part of the scene and skipping out on events has hurt my business prospects. Um, And I'm going to get into that a little later and kind of a a strategy that I've developed uh, to navigate events better so that I can go to them (laughs) and not be like completely like dreading it. Um, But I want you, aside from the events, like that's my biggest mistake that I've recognized about my business. And I've definitely told the people that I know, please start inviting me to places. Please let me know when something's going on, because I know that this is something that I need to work on and I have to kind of force myself to do it. But I want you to avoid the same mistakes and be able to recognize like what you may be doing wrong or like what types of behavior isn't helping your business as it relates to networking, and networking, you know, I'm pretty sure some of you probably were like, oh, networking, here we go. What's she about to say? What's she got to say about this? And that's because networking has become like this dirty word and it causes a lot of eye rolls, but that's mainly because everybody doing it wrong. Like networking is not about making connections for the sole purpose of using that person for your own gain at some point in the future. Networking is not waiting until you need something to reach out to someone and that being the only time you ever reach out. Networking is also not a process that begins the moment you discover you have a need, whether it's a job, you need a new business client, you need a new customer, whatever the case may be. 
Networking is also not about hoarding your contacts because you think that if you introduce someone to someone else, that you'll be cut out of some imaginary equation. And networking is not a game of how many business cards can I get by the end of this event. What networking is and what I like to think of networking as is building and nurturing relationships before you need them. And it's important to note that it isn't networking if it isn't working for the both of you. Because I like to think of my network as this ecosystem of connections, right? Think of any network, like a Wi-Fi connection or like, you know, electrical wires, you know, in, in an ecosystem, it's alive. There's movement. There's an exchange of energies going back and forth. You know, there's a lot going on, right? So for me, in order to keep my ecosystem of connections alive, in order to nurture that, like I approach networking from not necessarily a methodical or calculated standpoint, but from an organic one. And that's that's not to say that I'm not calculated, but I'm very clear about the type of people that I want to associate with, that I want to know better, and the people that I'd rather distance myself from. Like when it comes to my thought process regarding networking, and it's really just this ecosystem, like who do I want in this ecosystem? I like people who are in motion, even if they aren't even close to arriving at whatever their destination is, they have a sense of purpose, a sense of mission of where they're going. Like they, they're a person of substance, right? They're not out here being petty, causing a lot of drama, doing a lot of nonsense. So for me, the first thing that happens in my like mental process is this mental note. It's the radar phase, right? So people get on my radar all kinds of ways, Maybe someone introduces someone to me. They say, hey, you should know this person. Or maybe someone, um, you know, retweets something or I read a story about them. And then it's like, oh, okay, I like that. I like what they're doing, you know. And, and then I make a mental note and maybe I'll follow them on social media. For instance, like I had a call. It's so it's so funny that I'm actually finally getting around to doing this podcast on um, networking because I had a call about a week ago with someone who had been on my radar for like the last, what, four or five years, and I'd never reached out or made the connection before because it wasn't time yet. And in this case, they actually reached out to me. But the reason I never reached out to them during those four or five years of them kind of being on my radar off and on is because I could, at the time, I couldn't see how I could be of value yet. Notice how I said I couldn't be of value yet, or I couldn't see how I could add value because, yes, knowing this person or anyone doing anything worthwhile may seem like it'll have a direct benefit uh, for you or for me. And it's great. Yeah, I know them. But how does that benefit the ecosystem, right? Which is how I want you to view your network as this living, breathing thing that thrives off of value. You have to feed it. You have to nurture it. How does it benefit you to know someone just to know them when you can't when you don't think you can add value yet. It doesn't. Because people can spot desperation. They can spot when you think that they got the juice and now you're thirsty. Like 
they know. And even if they miss it at first, the minute they realize that you're that they're being used, that you're using them just for name recognition, status, whatever, they're going to cut you off. And that is where a lot of people go wrong with networking. You're in it for the wrong reasons. The best way to grow or nurture your network, your living, breathing, connected ecosystem, is to add value to it. And you're probably wondering, like, all right, girl, like, okay, all right, how can I add value to my network, to the people that I already know? And so now I have to ask you, when was the last time you proactively reached out to someone you know to make a connection, share a resource, or let them know about an opportunity that may be of interest to them? Anyone will tell you that like anybody I know or that has had more than one conversation with me or even maybe one that I, you know, anytime somebody expresses something that they're interested in or something that they're working on or, you know, here's what my business is, here's what I'm trying to do, I always think of a resource or how can I help this person? What can I do to assist this person with uh, other people that I know? How can I make a connection for them? Because nurturing your network and keeping your connection ecosystem alive can be as simple as forwarding an article related to their industry or expertise that you thought they may find interesting. It could mean commenting on a blog post or acknowledging that you've seen, listened to, read, or purchased something that they've created. Oh, hold on. Let me drink some water real quick. It could mean sharing something they've created with one other person publicly or recommending them for a relevant opportunity whenever you have the chance. I don't care who you are or where you are in your career or business. All of these things are within your reach. All of these things are doable and all of them are valuable to somebody you know, and I could go on and on about how to nurture your network, but I think you're you're starting to get the point. Like, what I want to drive home is that networking becomes this disease and becomes this, like, dirty word that nobody kind of wants to touch because people have a tendency to want to know a lot of people just to say they know them, just to say they know the person in the mix or that they've maybe interacted with them one time. But how does that benefit you? How are you able to turn that chance encounter and that person that you count as a contact into a contract? Like, how are you able to do that? The best method, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, but but that's because it's true. The best method to turn your network and your contacts into contracts is to add value, build real relationships, be a connector, and become the type of person who not only wants to see other people win, but will do what you can to help them win, period. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people want to see you win, right? They want to see you win because they're being nosy. They don't really want to see you win. Like, that's that's a very passive existence. Oh, yeah, you know, I love when people win. I, I love to see people win. But what are you doing 
to assist in that process, to assist in that win. If this is somebody that you count as a friend, a colleague, or somebody in your network, your living, breathing, connected ecosystem, what have you done within your power to help them? Because I sincerely believe that, like, again, no matter where you are in your career, if you're alive in 2016, if you're here and you're not like a newborn baby, then you have a puzzle piece, something you've done, somebody you know, resource, you know, you have a puzzle piece that could potentially complete somebody else's puzzle. I believe that for all of us, like we are only one connection, one idea, one resource away from from really seeing, from really being rather catapulted to our goals getting a lot closer but when everybody is like hiding their hands and hoarding their contacts and you know thinking oh if I help her win if she gets to the finish line before me then I'm gonna still be left behind it's like you can't think like that if you're the person known as this person is a connector this is an advocate this is somebody that really put some action behind all the surface fluffy I want to see you win let's do work like all that shit that people say and then don't ever follow up with anything tangible anything real don't be that person be the person that's putting action behind it that is adding value to your network to this living breathing connecting ecosystem that you already have like Everybody's focused on who can I add to my network? Who's the next person I can know? When you are sitting on a gold mine of connections, you are sitting on a dormant gold mine, a dormant, inactive volcano of opportunity. That was so corny. Ooh, that was corny. A volcano of opportunity. <laughs> Ooh, that was corny. But forgive me. <laughs> But you get it. It's like we always want the next thing. We always want the next person. We always think, you know, somebody got some more juice over there. But what about the people to the left and right of you, the people that you already follow on, on Twitter? Like, what about the, the people you follow on Instagram? What about the connections you already have on LinkedIn? What about the people sitting in the cubicle block that you're in right now? What about that? Start where you are. Like, Add value. What can you do for the people that you know? Who the, the email contacts you already have, the people on your subscriber list. Like you don't need to know one new person before you look at what you already have and look at the people you already know. And I bet it will surprise you if you pay attention. But let me not, you know, I felt myself about to, you know, start talking about volcanoes of opportunity. Let me let me get back to my notes. <laughs> and for this get any cornier. But, you know, I want to go back to the event piece that I talked about earlier and how I said me not going to events and it was terrible. It's not a good it's not a good look because I can trace when big opportunities have come my way by me going to an event and connecting with one person and then following up because that's key but always follow up and follow through. But by me going to events, I can trace opportunities that came from that. It may not have happened right away, but eventually 
it happened, right? So there are no, and it hasn't really changed how I feel about events. I'm still not, it's still not a place where I'm like totally comfortable where I thrive, Um, you know, and there's no shortage of like professional happy hours and, and networking events and social gatherings and, but none of them are like really set up for real connections and they're definitely not set up for introverts. So you have to be strategic. So for me, because I know that these aren't like my go-to places, my go-to environments, but I do recognize their value, I have a rule of three. So if I'm going to an event, whether it's a conference, a panel discussion or whatever, my goal is to introduce myself to or be introduced to three new people or to connect with someone who I may be friendly with online but have never met in person. So how do you do this strategically, right? I like to try to find out who will be there before I even commit to going in my mind. Are there going to be people here that I want to meet? You know, with Eventbrite and Splash That and all these other platforms, you can usually check to see who has RSVP'd Or if there's an event hashtag, you can click into it to see what the conversation around the event is and who is talking about going. And if it's a conference, they'll normally list like the organizations that'll be attending and the people that'll be attending. Or if you're feeling really froggy, you can request a guest list. But, and this is a big but, that requesting the guest list thing only applies to like large scale events that have been happening for millennia because... They, use, they have no problem making it available because obviously they want you to spend money and attend or whatever the case may be. But do not try to request a guest list for a happy hour or like a small intimate function because that's not going to go well and work out for you. Don't do that. So once you have your three people in mind, you've RSVP'd to the event, you've hyped yourself up, listened to whatever Drake or Future song you need to listen to, and now you're at the event. Be cool. Don't just make a beeline for those people. Be cool. Scope out the scene. Head to the bar. Grab a drink if you need to relax your nerves. And definitely practice by talking to people along the way. Like meaning if you're in line, talk to the person in front of you at the entrance. Talk to the person with the clipboard or the bouncer, whatever the case may be. Talk to the bartender because this will help warm you up for when you get to the three people you want to talk to. So once those people arrive, you can approach them when it's appropriate or ask for the host to introduce you to that person. Once you've introduced yourself, like don't be overly aggressive. Like, hey, I want to know you. I need to know you. Like, don't, (laughs) don't be weird. Like, I know this is not your natural habitat. This is not something you like to do because this is not your environment. But because this is somebody that you've wanted to meet, you'll know enough about them to be able to, you know, share your why or like, hey, I'm really interested in this, that, and the third. Here's what, you know, I knew you'd be here or something like that. Don't be creepy. And then insert the ask for future conversation, like whether that's, You saying like, hey, do you have a business card? I'd love to stay in touch, you know, and connect with you after this event. I have someone I think you should meet or some type of variation of that. Like you want to be prepared to have a short but substantive conversation and think of one way in advance you can possibly 
add value to this person before you even get to the event. Don't make anything up if you know you can't deliver. But if this is somebody, again, that you genuinely want to meet and have in your network, then you will think of something that you can do to add value to them. If you know that they are about to launch a business and you have a resource or you have somebody who's an expert in that field, think of those things and offer to make a connection. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't guarantee anything. Just subtle connection. Ask for, you know, for whatever contact information to be able to follow up later. Overall, right, what I want you guys to understand is like networking doesn't have to be this shady process or dirty word or like, you know, backstabbing and using people and getting cut off. Like think of your network as an ecosystem of connections. In order to keep that ecosystem alive, you have to nurture it and feed it with the different types of value points that, you know, I've discussed. If you're an introvert, recognize the types of environments that work best for you and seek those out or create them yourself. Like in by create them yourself, you can throw your own intimate event. If you like kind of one-on-one or like small group settings, you can maybe have an intimate dinner or lunch or something. You can also use social media, use email, use your blog, LinkedIn, and whatever other tools you have at your disposal to grow and nurture your network. And remember, it's not networking if it's not working for the both of you. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you you subscribe to Hashtags and Stilettos in iTunes and rate and review the show. If you're listening on SoundCloud, make sure you repost your favorite episodes, leave a comment, and share them with a friend. If you have questions or feedback, you can tweet me at Miss Success, M-I-S-S Success, or email hashtags at hos-pr.com. The show notes for this episode can be found at hashtags and stilettos.com. Talk to you soon.